now tuned into the greatest. Peace up, Peace A-Town. Up. This is it. Allow me to reintroduce myself. Woo! All right, all right, all right, everybody. Welcome back to The Conversation with Khalif, the weekly show dedicated to helping you look, feel, and be your very best self. I am your host, of course, Khalif, like a leaf on a tree. And this week, we are doing it loud, live, and forever. Not in color. We don't have a visual. But we are doing a live episode, live, loud, and in not color from clubhouse okay um clubhouse for those of you who do not know clubhouse is a social networking app in its most basic sense but the way people interact is considerably different after opening the clubhouse app users are presented with a list of virtual rooms to join each room features a small group of speakers talking about any topic imaginable in contrast the rest of the users are audience members that sit back and listen to the conversation at hand the entire experience is audio only so with that, that is a pretty much like Clubhouse in its most basic form. The way this conversation is going to go about today, we are having this conversation today with the House of Ray. Okay, the House of Ray invited me and a group of non-binary people to have a open discussion, a Q&A with other people about not our identities, but just to have an open discussion about non-binary people and pronouns um, on this Clubhouse app. So I just want to give a big shout out to Ray and the House of Ray for inviting the conversation with Khalif to join them today. So we've got some people coming in with some questions and we've got these guests. So we today we have Lex Thompson, we have Ray, and we have Bear Boy all on this panel along with myself. And we are talking about being non-binary and, and pronouns. But it gets deep. It gets deep, child. This is one of those episodes that you've been waiting for. Um, it's a really great show. Lex did an amazing job. Bear Boy did an amazing job. So did Ray. And I did it. I did my thing, you know. Made it. I put my thing down, flipped it, and reversed it. If you, you know, you know, sort of, kind of. So look, I am going to hand everything over to Ray. And without any further ado, everyone, this is Clubhouse, and this is the House of Ray. All right. So, um, Ray. Take it away. The floor is yours. Okay. Hey, everyone. So this is House of Ray. My name is Ray. So House of Ray is basically a club where we have, like, wonderful discussions for the trans and queer community and have, like, interesting discourse. Uh, today, we are talking about non-binary people and pronouns. And here we have a lovely panel of non-binary trans mass people and non-binary people um, in general. And so here to share their stories because there's not a lot of non-binary representation on this app and there's not a lot of, like, information out there. So I thought I would put this panel together. The first question that I have for everyone in the panel is how did you know you were non-binary? And you can share as much or as little information as you want as to how you discovered your identity. Well, I'll go first. So, hey, y'all, my name is Lex, your favorite non-binary hottie. Um, my pronouns are they, them, and I identify as trans, non-binary, and gender, all of those things. Um, so how did I know I was non-binary? Uh, the thing about it is, it's kind of like I always knew. It was like always within me, but I never had the language for it. So it kind of showed up, at least for me, when I'm looking back in hindsight, um, it showed up when I was a child, like the type of clothing um, that I liked. I liked all types of clothing, like quote-unquote girl clothing and quote-unquote boy clothing, but um, like 
you could get me to wear a crop top, but you couldn't get me to wear like skirts and dresses and shit, right? I played with Bratz dolls, but I played with wrestling toys as well. I played all the little girly games, but please understand, I was like elbow dropping my cousin um, <laughs> when we were like play fighting and stuff like that. And I always kind of played with the boys. I would always play football and I would be the first um, quote unquote girl to be picked because I was just like that athletic. And I kind of just always mixed around and like friend groups and um, as far as gender is concerned. And um, my language <laughs> of to describe myself or the language that I liked was like people used to call me like, yo, like, Lex, you a nigga. You act like a nigga. You act like a boy. And it didn't really bother me like that. But I was like, okay, but I'm not a boy. <laughs> and then there would be language like, language like, oh, you know, girls don't do this. Or ladies don't do this. And I'm like, well, good thing I'm not a girl or a lady. Right? I would think it, but I couldn't say it. Because I didn't have the language. Um, and then it kind of showed up a lot more when I got into high school. Um, it was a lot more uh, prominent. Uh, I hope that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> so it was just, it was always there. Like, I didn't feel like I was checking all the boxes of the of a girl and checking all the boxes of a boy. I just felt as though I was here existing, even though I was socialized to be a girl, um, a black girl at that. And we already know for black girls, gender is really not afforded to us, like, <laughs> anyway. Black girlhood looks a lot differently, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but actually, when I got to uh, college, my sophomore year, um, and I transferred to uh, my my college that I just graduated from, I had a mentor. They're non-binary, and when I looked at their pronouns, I was like, "Huh? Like, what do you mean they them?" And so they sat down with me for like a year and explained the non-binary identity to me and how pronouns work, right? And um, the main question that they asked me all the time when I was sitting um, a session with them for like an hour, they would ask me, who told you that? What makes you think that? Who put that information into your brain? And that really had me contemplating on what the hell gender is and how does it apply to me? And so I contemplated that for for quite some time and now at the ripe age of 23 i'm like yes so no i'm not binary i'm trans i'm agender i'm neither here nor there i'm outside of ex existing beyond of in between and um at at the binary like i i'm i am who i am and i'm not going to ever try to limit my my gender identity and gender expression and performance ever again. I'm just going to be who I am. So that's kind of like a short version of how I discovered I was non-binary. Shout out to Rob Simmons. Love you, baby. All right. So I guess I'll go next. So for my story, I originally identified as a trans man because my understanding of non-binary people did not exist in 2014. So I figured if I was not comfortable being, uh, you know, assigned female at birth, then pretty much the only option was being comfortable with being seen and, you know, um, perceived as male. So I got on hormones. I was on it for about a year and a half when I realized I was not comfortable in this situation because my 
dad was throwing hypermachismo, toxic masculinity, you know, gender roles that I never felt comfortable with. And so I said, okay, if I'm not comfortable being seen and perceived as like a man and seen as like a threat, like, what am I? So I did some more Google searching if like maybe there's people out there that don't identify with either because it can't just be this black and white thinking, you know, growing up, like, I didn't particularly care for Barbie dolls, but like I wasn't ecstatic to play with them either. So, um, I usually played with my older brother's toys, like, you know, Hot Wheels or those little pods that come in like little cylinder cases, or I played with like um, Tonka trucks. And so I would usually be playing that and I would play video games. I would always ask for like the boys kids toy at like Burger King or something because they had like different options depending on what you wanted. And so once I got to like a year and a half on hormones, I was like, I discovered non-binary people. And then I met like maybe two, three non-binary people at a, non, uh, at a support group in New York City. And then so I was like, maybe that's actually what I am. It looks like that's like what I actually am because I don't want to subscribe to this toxic masculinity. I don't subscribe to like people putting expectations on me. I just want to be me whatever that looks like and you know femininity and masculinity don't have to be mutually exclusive so that's when i got with the non-binary identity later down the road i started to discover it was like an umbrella term for all these different identities that don't fit neatly within the two boxes of the binary you know like demi boy gender fluid gender queer um agender and such so i was like I was still not in the space. I was still living with my parents, so I couldn't really explore that too much. So my, my family still thinks, well, my parents still think I'm a trans man because that's like a can of worms that I don't want to open. So I was like not in the space to really explore that until I moved out about two years ago. And that's when I started exploring my more feminine and more um, non-conforming side. And that's when I discovered I was like gender fluid slash two-spirit. I haven't really decided on those um, labels, but that's pretty much where I am, where like my gender is fluid it could change from feminine to masculine some days i don't feel a particular gender just like oh i'm just ray and sometimes i want to like put on makeup there are times where i kind of want to go out and like rough house and boxing so it changes with the seasons mostly but a lot of times it could fluctuate back and forth and then there are days where like i don't feel any particular way which i like you know it gets me explore this different side of me so yeah that's how i discovered i was non-binary all right, so hey everyone, it's me, Khalif, like a leaf on a tree. Um, my pronouns are they and them, and I discovered I was non-binary by experimenting with both binaries. Um, not experimenting. I had a very traumatic childhood um, surrounding being a man, and I do want to say this. Um, shout out to my mother, not my parents, my mother, for being an amazing mother um, and doing the best. Um, I feel like a lot of the times when we talk about the things that our parents did, we we're like, well, they did this, that and the third, but they were really doing what they thought was best for us and because they loved us. So I I'd never want to like shun or like say my mother was a toxic. My mother was an amazing mother. It still is an amazing mother to this day. Um, and she fights for my pronouns now. So it's really dope. I'm really blessed um, to have her be uh that role in my life but the way uh to get back to the original question the way that i really discovered i was non-binary was because after 
years of trying to be man enough, after years of trying to redefine manhood, I just was like, you know what? This isn't worth, I don't feel like it's worth fighting for anymore. And I, I completely gave up on it. And I just wanted to abandon masculinity in, in all of its, um, not glory, but in all of its, whatever you want to call it. And then I said to myself, okay, since I'm non-binary, this is that. And I'm okay with people using she, her, girl, what's up, sis, all of that. I'm okay with all of that because that's my, my business and that's my prerogative. That doesn't work for every non-binary person, but it works for me. Um, but there was a point in my non-binary trish transition where I thought, well, maybe I'm not non-binary. Maybe I'm a trans woman. And I started mentally to open my mind to the possibility and there were things i can't say everything but there were things that led me to know that no i truly am non-binary i do not exist on the feminine exclusively i don't exist on the masculine side exclusively i play with both um whenever i want to but i do have some internal healing and work to do especially when it comes to my boyhood the, the little boy that grew up in the chicagoland area as i like to call it because you know Chicago was everything for me. I, I I don't have a lot of trauma when it comes to being in that city, more so in terms of the experiences of being a boy. Um, that is really when I discovered I was truly non-binary because I started playing with the other binary and discovered, you know, neither are for me. And that's okay. It's okay to exist um, non-exclusively. And even if you are a woman or if you are a man, you don't have to be exclusively in that binary you can be a man and have nails long nails and long hair and wigs and you could do whatever you want it's your life to live okay so that's that's my judge okay thank y'all um we're gonna take a quick break here on the conversation with khalif uh this is post-production of course <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break um unfortunately bear boy was not able to uh record this um part of the interview of of the conversation with us today but bear boy will be joining us after this really short sweet break i promise you if you blink your eyes you'll miss it so don't go anywhere we'll be right back you're listening to the conversation with khalif all right everybody welcome back to the conversation got cords tangled child welcome back to the conversation with khalif the weekly show dedicated to helping you look feel and be your best self now we've got a very special guest in the building we've got the house of ray in the building today okay that did not rhyme in the way that i thought it was gonna rhyme but we are talking about being non-binary and pronouns and we're gonna do a q a later with you all today so make sure you stay tuned for all of that right now we are joined by lex thompson ray and bear boy so everyone please welcome back to the conversation lex ray and now bear boy all right all right all right come on y'all <laughs> i'm gonna let ray do your thing let you do your thing and um this is the house of ray so take it away 
All right. Um, so my next question, wait, let me check if there's anything in the back channel. Um, so I guess I could take a moment to reset the room because there's definitely a couple more people. So hi, everyone. Welcome to Non-Binary People and Pronouns. Um, we're just asking uh, our wonderful panel of people who are of the non-binary experience to share their experiences. I do have some questions, but if any of you have questions, you can either raise your hand and uh, we'll invite you to the stage. Or if you're not comfortable asking the question, you can also send me questions in my back channel and I can read it out to um, our panelists here. So that is pretty much my housekeeping rules. And we'll go on to the next question, which we kind of answer, but maybe we can explore it a little further. So my next question for everybody was, and anybody can jump in, how did you feel being labeled as um, I guess, as a boy or girl growing up? I know we kind of touched on this in the first question, but if anybody wants to dive a little deeper on that. Child, that shit used to piss me off. I'm not <laughs> even going to lie. Hated it. I, right. I, I got so fucking mad because, like, my mom, love my mom, don't get me wrong, but she would be, like, the main perpetrator of that. Like, oh, you know... Ladies, young ladies don't do this. Young ladies don't do that. And I'm like, it's one thing to call me a woman or a girl. It's a whole nother thing to call me a lady. Like, I fucking hate the word lady. Like, it just, it bothers me. It makes my skin crawl so much. Because it would be like, oh, like, I can't do, I can't do a um, a cartwheel with my, my skirt on. Like, it wouldn't even be about me showing my, like, underwear. It would just be like, because girls aren't supposed to do this or girls aren't supposed to do that. Like, um, <clears throat> like I just, I felt so restricted. Um, and being, growing up a, a black girl at that, <laughs> and this is where gender and race, like, start to intersect because black girls aren't afforded a girlhood to begin with as much as we would like to think so and we can have some like common things that we might experience with other like girls of different races you are supposed to be a woman as soon as you come out nobody teaches you how to do anything but they expect you to do everything and know everything um Girl by Jamaica Kincaid is something is something that I encourage everybody to read because that will just like literally um, describe what like the black girlhood experience is. Um, apparently, I wasn't ever supposed to have scars because then I would be like unwanted, like like a, a bruised like fruit or something. Um, I couldn't hang with the guys. I couldn't talk rough. I couldn't be rough i couldn't be aggressive everything had to be light dainty and airy and pink and bubble gum and glitter and i'm just like none of that is literally me like everything about girlhood never sat right with me and then when i made the drastic change and i started changing up my appearance to look more of what you would some people would call like you know masculine or like very butch dyke like <laughs> everybody was just like oh you want to be a boy so bad and i was like i actually don't want to be a boy but i damn sure don't want to be a girl so i had a very hard time grappling with like my gender identity throughout throughout everything it just it would make me so mad because it's not that i was confused about who i was because i knew who i was and i know what i like i just didn't have the language for it um 
and I know I just knew certain things about myself, but at the same time, it was kind of just like so much pressure to be one or the other, one or the other, one or the other. And it's just like, what if I can be both? And what if I can be neither? Is there any possibility to uh, explore anything outside of this girlhood um, that reduces me down to just my anatomy and me being able to have babies? And you wouldn't even know that until I tried. Like, is the Mm -hmm. meaning of girlhood just reproduction? And 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 <laughs> that's it in servitude. I'm like that sounds like slavery to me, actually. So like at least girlhood for me, it was very much like a trap place where I couldn't explore who I was, what I wanted to be, and just I felt like I was being tormented all the time, or like death was just awaiting me, and it was death was awaiting me, and that's okay because I had to kill that light in order to create this new likes and that was fine but it was, it was definitely a tough journey journey and i i just girlhood was just never for me but boyhood would would was never going to sit right with me either that actually spoke to me lex because like in the beginning i like they wanted me to play with like barbie dolls and everything i was like no and they were like chastised me no you can't play with your brother so because i have like an older brother and he had like these tonka trunks and everything and i would like want to play with them he also had these um some some of you um this kind of this is gonna date me if you're from the 90s you probably remember these like pogs these little coin things that come in like a little green cylinder case and it, it was like it was like considered like a boy's toy and you would like collect them it was like a collection item so i would like play with those i'll play with tonka trucks i would play with those little hot wheels and my parents were like no 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 that's not what girls do that's not what girls do and also don't forget to wear your earrings like my dad used to beat the shit out of me if i did not wear earrings and now they're like complaining now that i wear earrings and keep my hair lines like now they want me to cut my hair now they don't want me to wear earrings and it's like You've got you. You gave me ear piercings. I might as well use them, and I didn't even have to decide on that. And um, yeah, growing up, they wanted me to wear dresses. I went to my first communion like a cute little white dress, and I was like, "No, I hate everything about this." I felt like I was a little ballerina. They tried to get me to like take ballet classes. I was like, "No, thank you." So it was either that or the library. I was like, "Please take me to the library because at least I can choose what kind of books I want to read." So I was like. Uh, so I'll be at the library or I'll be at the music store because I was like, I'm not I'm not into like ballet. I'm not really into dance. Now, there's nothing wrong with dance. There's definitely wonderful masculine people that can dance. It was just not my thing. They tried to get me into things that were considered feminine. I was like, no, no, thank you. No, please leave me alone. <laughs> so I totally understand that like everything, like they really wanted me, me to be a girl. And they tried to really force me into like a lesbian kind of like label because they're like, you never brought a guy home. So are you lesbian? I was like, what is that? like just someone who likes girls i was like well i do find girls attractive so i guess yeah i guess i'm a lesbian i don't i don't know i never really was concerned with suit labels but if that's what you think of me okay sure (laughs) um but yeah does anybody have any uh some experiences where like you know your parents try to force you into like gender expectations or like anything like that that they like to share um i i like literally listening to y'all it's like mind-boggling because it's interesting how the thing that is used to oppress one person is the same thing that's used for someone else to feel free and express their freedom. Like for me growing up, oh, 
Okay. For me growing up, I didn't grow up with my dad around or anything, um, which is not to say anything, but it is to say. Um, And my mom made it her business to raise a man who was going to be somebody's husband. And she just groomed me so much. She was like, you have to walk this way. You have to... uh, talk this way like the fact that I didn't go through puberty in high school was like upsetting to every situation because my voice was a lot higher than it already is but it was very high um but it just was like everything I was told to do was be more masculine or they're gonna think you're gay or this that that which was like our own little homophobia in my house that we were dealing with um but for me femininity was my escape It was the way, oh, girl, don't cry. (laughs) Femininity was like my way of being like free. As soon as my mother left the house to go to work, I would turn on Whitney Houston, Beyonce, or whatever was on the radio at the time. And I became this vessel of like femininity, like all of the femininity that I wasn't allowed to express, I would express as soon as my mom would leave the house. I legit would have, and I still do do this because um, I can't afford to get a wig yet. Yet, because, you know, we putting that out into the universe. Um, but I would like put multiple uh, shirts. And I feel like a lot of girls did this too or whatever. Or people did this. I would put on like shirts on my head. And you could not tell me I was not Beyonce, Giselle, Knowles, Carter. And that for me, it was just like I was saying, it was just my escape. So to find, not to find out, but to hear you all talk about how the thing that freed me was the thing that oppressed you was just really like an eye opener. It makes me think, where would, where would, what would freedom look like if we didn't force gender on children? Like, where would they find that freedom? Would, would the freedom be found in the opposite gender? Or because it's like when they tell you you can't have one thing, it's it's intriguing. Like you can't have a cookie out the cookie jar. So what do you want? You want to go get the cookie out the cookie jar. So I'm wondering what would freedom look like for us if we weren't oppressed? Would we even need to find something to be free from? Or would we all just be free? What would freedom look like if we did not weaponize gender and gender roles? What would that look like? That is what I, that's just, just what I'm curious to, um, to know. And I'm thinking gender freedom is the goal. The goal, I don't think, is to get everybody to become non-binary, which would be nice if we looked at gender as a non-binary construct. And instead of this, uh, if we looked at the social construct that is gender in a more non-binary way then we wouldn't have people who were non-binary because you would do what you want to do. You would do what you want to do. And being a man or woman would have nothing to do with the things that you do. So that's just a theory. Absolutely. Thank you so much for saying that, Khalif, because, you know, it will be so nice. Like, I know, like, moving forward, like, I if I do have kids, whenever I'm going to have kids, like, I definitely want them to feel like they have the space to, you know, explore themselves outside of, like, gender roles. Like, oh, if you want to play you want to play with that Barbie, go ahead. You want that dress? Oh, you want to wear that Halloween costume? Yeah, I'm going to dress up with you so you don't feel, like, alone and everything. So, that like, I definitely strive to want to, like, if I have kids, like, you know, ones that are non-binary or like um genderqueer like i'm definitely gonna be that supportive parent you know 
that I never had that I wish I've always wanted. So thank you so much for saying that, Khalif. Um, Bearbo, do you have um, any experiences you'd like to share? Yes. <sighs> Having a black girlhood is <laughs> fucking terrible. <laughs> um, in the most literal sense. Um, and I remember the most vivid memory that I have um, was uh, I started, I guess, deviating from gender norms and what a woman is supposed to be, LOL. Um, I think it was, for, yeah, fourth grade, so I was about eight, um, and seven turning eight, and um, uh, I, I wanted to wear overalls. I wanted to, you know, wear, uh, I wanted to wear this jumpsuit that my dad had gotten me. Um, for, and this, I also kind of date myself to, uh, if anybody's from the DMV area, if they ever heard of Sabiato, if they've ever heard of Hobo, if they've ever heard of Sabiato, well, Hobo was the parent kind of company, before, uh, clothing brand before that. And it was like urban street wear, et cetera, et cetera, out in the DC area. And I wanted to wear it. Um, it was really nice. It was, you know, black and red and everything. When my mom said, fuck no boy. Um, and put me in this lavender, purple, dragonfly dress, um, and, uh, really just really, like, overdid it on purpose, right? Um, and, uh, she got mad as a mug because, uh, I came back, you know, from, from school, and, um, uh, the teacher called and was like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, dead name here ruined you know her dress you know she i'm a little worried about her because she you know uh she was talking to this girl um and apparently there was some uh some some and it may have been innocent don't know but you need to tell me that you know we girls don't fight with girls and i was playing basketball you know i was playing football with the guys and stuff so the dress was really really dirty so i had to wear gym clothes um and i was eight i have no i had no um, that was when I kind of got the sense that whatever I was doing was wrong, that it was supposed to be in the dark, that it was never allowed to be public. Um, I always got made fun of for my for my deeper voice. I always had a kind of like a, a, a deeper voice from the jump. And so family members would always say, you need to lighten your voice because you'll never get a man with that deep voice. Folks are going to think that you're this, this, and this, right? Um, or that... Uh, we already know how socialization goes with uh, having to cook, having to clean, having to essentially, you never necessarily have a voice. You're always over-talked when they're always over-talked, right? And so um, I literally, I would actually cringe when people would call me a lesbian. Ooh, fucking cringe. Um, and of course, over time, we definitely had to unpack those things. But it was because of the area that I was in, being the only, one of the only, not only visible queer people, but please excuse my child, y'all, um, but black as well. Um, and that 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 intersection that intersectionality is, is or that that intersection is very important to speak on because uh, we know how race and gender play, you know how race plays a role and how gender is perceived and the expectations, um, and that black people are expected to perform um extreme levels of femininity uh, or black women black girls extreme levels of femininity um uh, as well as um other things and, and i'm probably rambling but um 
Yeah, that's it was it was anything that was um femme related I had to be a part of. My mom put me in this modeling thing because she's like, You hunch over like a boy and stuff like that. Um and it was funny because they ended up having me be I remember like the, the camp counselor was like you're not straight, are you? <laughs> I was like, uh, uh. and like I'm like 11. I'm like 12 years old, right? And she's like, and granted, this is uh, I'll speak on this a little bit later, but trigger warning, grooming. Um, you know, she was like, I was like 12, 11, 12 years old, and she was like, well in her 20s, I believe. And she was like, yeah, you're gonna be a fine little boy when you transition. I'm like, huh? Like, what are you talking about? I had no idea what she was saying. You know, I thought I was I thought I was in trouble for, you know, uh, for wearing this hat, this do-rag that I really liked. It was purple and everything. She's like, be yourself, blah, blah, blah. But there were some other things with that. But um, it, or to, to ballet and dance and having to be in the church. I was I had to be in the church choir and soprano and stuff like that. So everything was subgendered. Everything was gendered. Um, and I was never allowed to um, express anything outside of that unless I was interacting with unhealthy people within my family who really only gave me glimpses of a boyhood to spite my mother. Um, so that was kind of the, 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 the issue that I was having, um, as well as being, again, trigger warning, gender violence, as well as being a survivor of gender violence. Um, and sexual assault when I was very, very young, it was anything that even me deviating from femininity or, or womanhood or whatever, it was always met with, well, is it because of this, this, and this? Um, not ever because anything that I was feeling or anything that I was saying was validated, but it had to be because something awful happened to me. Um, so that was kind of my experience in my childhood um, with having to always um, assimilate. Um, so that's Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, let me just take a moment to reset the room. Hi, everyone. This is uh, my first room, uh, non-binary people and pronouns. Uh, I was just asking a series of questions for our lovely panel here. Um, I do want to take a moment to um, invite some people up to uh, ask questions uh, based on what you've heard or anything that you were interested in hearing about. So if you raise your hand, we can uh, bring you up one by one and you can ask your question. Or if you're not comfortable doing that, you can also uh, back channel it to me as well. All right, we have one person. All right, so we have Maya on the stage. Welcome, Maya. Uh, what, what, what would you like to <laughs> Hi, thank you. Um, hi, everyone in the room. I guess my question for the panel is, how do you handle situations or encounters? Because I have to, I guess I have to say this, but it's, it, it's, it's in all respects. Um, but people, you know, we live in a society where we, we, we use, you know, we say, you know, we call it how we see it. So if I see a presenting woman, I'm going to say she, if I see a presenting man, I'm going to say, you know, uh, he so 
how do y'all handle encounters when people just address you as how you look? And also, do you think that it's fair? Can I take this one, y'all? Yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. Child, let me go after child. Go ahead, Lynn. Oh, I wasn't <laughs> finished. I wasn't finished. I was going to call. Oh, I'm sorry. The last part of that question is, do you think it's fair if other people may not see you as the, you know, the non-binary people and pronouns? If they meaning like if they still call you he, you know, or if they still call you she, because I'm, you know, it's it it could be very difficult and challenging. Oh, that's my. Lex, you want to go ahead, or you want? Yeah, I'm gonna go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um. Well, at least when people call me she, because that's what they're primarily going to call me. When they call me she, I'm like, it depends on how I need to navigate my safety. So on the app, it's like, no, we're just not going to do this. I know you can't touch, but you you can't touch me through the phone. But in real life, it's like, okay, how do I want to address the situation? One, I have to assess the threat. If If I correct somebody on my pronouns, how is this going to play out? And it's a constant battle because I'm like, how is this going to play out? Are they going to get aggressive? Are they going to start calling me the T word? Will they bring me physical violence? Um, are they actually somebody that can probably understand where I'm coming from and respect it? Or, or am I going to get verbally assaulted? That's going to result in me getting physically violent with them. Like I have to consistently choose when and where I can do this because if I choose the wrong time, I don't know what it's going to result in. Sometimes I have to let it go. Sometimes it's not even something that, like, if I'm not sitting in a place for a long period of time, I would just be like, you know what? I'm just going to chalk it up. I don't even care, right? It was just an encounter in the grocery store, whatever. But if I'm sitting in, like, a business meeting with, like, business professionals and I got to sit in there for an hour off rip, Mm. no, I have to tell you, because I'm not going to sit through an hour with that. Mm-hmm. It's one thing if you do it for five seconds. It's another thing if we're in a space for a, a long time. And I have to sit up here and keep having woman and she and girl and everything else thrown in my face when I know that's not who I am. Now, to the second part of your question, no, it's not fair. It's not fair at all that people are going to look at you and take this visual of you and then project every single thing that they are assuming about you onto you. It's not fair because if, if, if we want to be real, right, if we want to be real, if we are going to expect cis people to come to us and get it right, or at least acts to try to prevent harm, then that means that trans people of the binary experience have to still do that. We deserve just as much respect as everybody else i don't care what you see because what you see is already jaded what you see is already at a binary what you see is already not made for people like us first of all and when i say like us i mean black people because what is gender to the slave absolutely nothing it's nothing but literally a detriment to our whole inside whole entire society as a black person as black people we were never afforded gender from the time that we were conceived. 
Why? Because it's based out of white supremacy and it was only used as a means of reproduction. We got to have that. We have to have that conversation because it's like white people saw us and said, this is how we want it to be in order to make a profit off of these bodies. You have to be rigid in this so that the slave doesn't deviate. I have to have control. So therefore, even though we're, we're, we're not slaves as far as chattel slavery is concerned, those ideologies that were put onto us is still pre- is still present. Even if you want to take it back to capitalism, capitalism is literally a gendered ideology so that it is a means of reproduction, a means of production. Men do this, women do this. Boys do this, girls do this. It's always a type of division. So therefore, if we're working to dismantle white supremacy and cis people have to respect us as as respect trans binary people. That means cis people and trans binary people have to also do their due diligence and do their unlearning in order to understand that I it doesn't matter what you see, it doesn't matter what you hear, it doesn't matter what my name looks like. Because that's how deep gender is. So ignore your sight, ignore what you it what what you perceive as my voice, and ignore my name. And ask me who I am before telling me who I am. Because if you tell me who I am, I'm going to automatically be insulted. Well, that is the beginning of today's episode. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. I know you want to hear more. So I have part two available now on my Patreon, exclusively on my Patreon. And Patreon is just an app uh, where you can subscribe to your favorite content creators and they can get paid for all of the work that they do because... Well, let me let the song explain it. It costs that much because it takes me fucking hours. Fucking hours. It costs that much because I don't have superpowers. Superpowers. You need to pay for my skills because exposure doesn't pay the bills. It costs that much because it takes me fucking hours. All right, not to deviate from uh, today's incredible conversation, which continues on my Patreon exclusively. Um, but yes, it's $5 on Patreon because it's taken me over 60 hours to edit this show. I have been editing. I've been, I started out as a production intern. This is not for me to center myself, but I started out as a production intern at WCLK HD3 uh, student hip hop and R&B. And I am a theater arts major in college. I've been studying theater since I was 11, and I specialize in creating audio experiences for listeners. So go ahead and go over to my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Khalif. That's patreon.com slash K-A-L-E-A-F. Let me spell it for you. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash K-A-L-E-A-F. But for those of you who just wanted to hear the tip of the iceberg, because when I tell you we went deep into this, we went deep, 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 oh, deep down into this topic. Um, Thank you so much for listening to today's conversation. Make sure you follow me on all of my social media platforms. Well, not all, just two. Follow me on Instagram at The Conversation Podcast. That's The Conversation spelled with a K instead of a C podcast. And follow me on Twitter at They Them Khalif. That's They Them K-A-L-E-A-F. And I will see you either on Patreon or I will see you next week. Bye-bye.